You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast for Monday, May the 16th of 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day each and every day. I am Lucas Smith, host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Happy Monday, everybody. If you're watching on YouTube, the background's a little different. I got a virtual background rolling. These next couple weeks, I'm moving around a lot of different places for exciting opportunities, exciting jobs, which I'm excited to announce on Twitter here in a little bit. But so the backgrounds might be a little different than what we're used to, but we're still rocking and rolling on Locked on Cardinals, especially on podcasting platforms. Today's title sponsor is Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. A very, 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 but I say very successful weekend for the St. Louis Cardinals against the San Francisco Giants as they take two out of three. And it was a weekend that the Cardinals saw some offensive production. They saw some really good pitching. It was a good weekend. Outside of Friday. Friday, the 8-2 loss. It was an ugly loss following a bad loss on Thursday against the Baltimore Orioles. So let's kind of recap. Let's go back to Friday before we go game by game, before we talk about the Mets. Let's go back to Friday and talk about what was going to make this weekend series a successful one. Because I talked about how it was a... Both teams are are in different spots than they were a week prior when they faced each other. When the Cardinals faced the, the Giants a week prior, yeah, the offense was still a question mark, but they had just taken two out of three in Kansas City. They had an exciting win that Sunday prior in Arizona. They were on a roll. They were doing good things. It was a it was an exciting time for the Cardinals last week. Baseball, ebb and flow. You're going to go up and down throughout the entire year. And the Giants were scuffling. They had just lost two in a row to the Dodgers. They, they, they really... We're struggling on all, on all ends, right? Fast forward to this week. Cardinals have just lost two out of three against Baltimore at home. Scuffling. Offense is a huge question mark. Don't know what we're going to see from the Cardinal offense. Meanwhile, the Giants have picked it back up. They're back to, to performing because after they took two the last two home games in San Francisco against the Cardinals, they're rolling a little bit, right? They're, they're, they're moving. They're having a little momentum. Two completely different spots. And yet you really you get different results both times. First time the Cardinals come out, win the first two games as expected. They blow up on Saturday and give a late home run to Mike Yastrzemski on Sunday for a giant win. On this weekend, you saw the Giants offense get eight runs as the Cardinal bullpen imploded. You saw a shutout on Saturday, and the Cardinals were able to just get four runs offensively. And then you saw an offensive onslaught on Sunday. So we're, we're going to go game by game here in a little bit. But I think it's important to note that the Cardinals once again prove, and it's a question that I ask frequently, on this show. They prove that they're able to compete with the teams that are competing for playoff spots. They're, they prove that they are at least in the conversation for one of the top teams in baseball. Because even with those two losses, the Giants sit six games above 500, a game just a game and a half out of first place in the National League West behind the Padres and Dodgers, who are currently uh, tied um, in, in the standings in the National League West, but the Dodgers do have one less loss than the Padres. Padres have one more win than, Do- than the Dodgers. So, But the, the, the Giants right now are a playoff team. They're, they're a team that, that is going to compete for a playoff spot. They're a really good team. And the Cardinals met the challenge. The challenges are not over, as you know, this is a tough uh, four-game set, or excuse me, three-game set. No, I was right the first time. Four-game set with the Mets coming up this week. So 
you still have to meet the challenge head on. But they proved once again that they're at least capable of it. Because for the rest of this month, outside of the three games at Pittsburgh this weekend, it's a gauntlet for the St. Louis Cardinals. Four at, on the road against the Mets. You got the three at, at Pittsburgh, right? And then you've got two against Toronto at home, an off day next Wednesday. Four at home against Milwaukee, and then two at home to San Diego. There's a third, but that's in the next month. We'll talk about June later. So the Cardinals just need to find consistency. That's what it, that's, that's what it all boils down to in my mind. They still are scoring less than two runs or, or two or less runs or seven or more runs every single game, it seems like. I mean, it, it's just one of those games that, or one of these teams that you're either going to feast or you're going to famine. And I talked about that a couple weeks ago, and it, it seems to be working at least for the most part. We're, we're seeing it provide some wins. As, you know, when you look at the standings right now for the St. Louis Cardinals, you could be in worse spots, certainly, standing-wise. They sit just two and a half games out of first place. They hold that second wild card spot in the or the wild card spot in the National League Central, 19 and 15. They've won their last two, but nobody really in the National League Central is playing very well right now. Brewers, Cardinals, and Pirates are all five for their last five. Chicago's four. Or five and five in their last ten, excuse me. Chicago's four and six in their last ten. Cincinnati, despite throwing a no hitter yesterday and losing, are six and four, but they're the Reds. They're nine and twenty six this year. They won't be a threat. So this is kind of a time, in my opinion, for the Cardinals to do two things moving forward. I talked about the past and how they were able to prove that, you know, that they're they're up for up for the talent up for the challenge and that they did some good things over the weekend in San Francisco. But now moving forward, they can do a couple of things. They can take hold of the National League Central, or at least they can prove that, that they have the capabilities to win the National League Central by really getting hot at a time when not a lot of other teams are hot by beating other playoff teams. Because I talked about that the schedule moving forward is a gauntlet. And just just by the by, this this this, this stretch, especially the four games coming up for the Cardinals in, against Milwaukee, that's going to be huge. But you look at the Brewers' schedule moving forward, the team that's above the St. Louis Cardinals, They've got three against Atlanta. They've got two, three against Washington this weekend. Three against San Diego on the road. Three against St. Louis on the road. And then three against Chicago to finish up the month. So maybe not necessarily a gauntlet, per se. So the Cardinals are going to need to take advantage and, of, of any opportunities they can get. Any of them. And, and, and get, get the job done. Because this Cardinal team right now is one that has the capability of doing some really good things. And I, I was impressed over the weekend. You know, I graduated over the weekend for those, you know, for those of you that, that didn't know, but I was still able to, to watch a lot of it and just didn't able, wasn't able to live tweet as much as I would have liked, but was still able to 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 watch to watch a lot of it as well as last night. I went to a concert with my fiance, but still able to watch the replay. I recorded it and highlights and everything of that nature. So, still some good things, right, for the St. Louis Cardinals and their offense. But at the end of the day, what it comes down to is this Cardinal team had an opportunity to prove itself, and did against the San Francisco Giants. I think that's the biggest takeaway. Especially, I talked about the, on Friday's episode how this series was going to be a difficult one for the St. Louis Cardinals. They came in, took care of business, and really maybe not prove the haters wrong, but prove me wrong, at least for the time being, in saying that, hey, we're here to play, we're here to win. And that's exactly what they did over the weekend against San Francisco. So, let's, we talked about the big picture. Let's go ahead and talk about game by game what went right for the St. Louis Cardinals because a lot of stuff went right for St. Louis this weekend. A lot of good things. We're going to start. We're, we're just going to go game by game. So we're going to start with Friday. Uh, that wasn't wasn't so good, but we will get through 
all of the games and talk about the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but a lot of good for the Cardinals perspective. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our partners at Bet Online, and they're the title sponsor today because they continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even the next year's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Friday was really the the biggest bugaboo for the St. Louis Cardinals, obviously, being the only loss of the, the weekend. And it was one of those rare games, and yes, I say rare, where the bullpen really didn't come through for the Cardinals. Jordan Hicks got through five, three hits, three earned, two walks, three punch outs. You saw Naughton go an inning and a third scoreless. Walsh was two thirds scoreless. And then Whitgren and McFarland just simply did not get the job done. Whitgren only registered one out, gave up a hit. Gave up two runs. Both of those were earned. He walked one. McFarland did get two outs. He gave up three hits, a home run, three runs. All of them earned. Jake Woodford, who recently got optioned down, pitched a scoreless inning. Despite walking two, he did strike out one. So that was an ugly game for the St. Louis Cardinals pitching staff. But it got off to a nice start that game, um, at least offensively speaking. It wasn't a home run or anything, but Goldsmith, similar to the way he did on Sunday got the run, the scoring started, RBI ground out in the first. And then after that, it was it was all San Francisco. And the, the one part I do want to talk about this, that eighth inning was just disastrous for the Cardinals. The one part I do want to talk about is Jordan Hicks. Was able to get through five innings. That, that to me, has been not, not the biggest problem with Hicks, but it's been the thing that we've been waiting on the most. So that the stuff has been there. The stuff, I think, has progressed, honestly, ahead of schedule, in my opinion. The stuff has absolutely been there for Jordan Hicks. Now we're waiting to see the length. We're waiting to see the longevity. How how long is it going to take Hicks to be able to go four, five, six innings and a start? Well, he was able to go five innings on Friday, the longest start of his major league career. With Jack Flurry progressing back, we, we don't know what the future of this rotation is going to be. We just don't. But right now, Jordan Hicks is giving us a very solid fifth starter spot try. He is proving that he has the capability of being a, five, a number five starter at the major league level, at minimum. That's a, that is exactly what he's doing. That, to me, despite, yes, he gave up three runs, three hits, he walked two. So th- there are obviously things to work on. I'm not saying that this was a perfect start by Jordan Hicks by any stretch of the imagination. So don't get it confused. Plenty of stuff for Jordan Hicks to work on and things to expect in the future. However, that was a step in the right direction for Hicks as he looks to continue to build longevity and the ability to go the, the length that a starting pitcher should be able to go, right? So I look at that as a positive and really the only positive from Friday's game in an 8-2 to loss. And then you move on to, to Saturday. You saw some great pitching by the St. Louis Cardinals. Who led the charge that game? Dakota Hudson. Five innings. Scattered five hits. He did walk two, so the walks are a little high, but not very high, only two, right? And he struck out two. Five innings. That's a solid number four effort, which is exactly what Dakota Hudson is. And behind that, you saw the bullpen do what it normally does. Hedges Cabrera, scoreless inning with a couple strikeouts. Andre Pallante gave up a couple hits, 
Walked one. He got it out. Ryan Helsley had to come in, face some inherited runners. Three, to be exact. You know how many of those inherited runners scored? Zero. Helsey Houdini, as he continues to just get the job done. He has not been tagged with an earned run all year, and he helped out his buddy Andre Palante's ERA to sink down to 1.17. As Helsey goes, at ending in two-thirds, walks one, strikes out one. And then Giovanni Gagos gives up a hit in the ninth, but strikes out two in the scoreless scoreless effort as the Cardinals win 4 nothing. Offensively speaking, you saw some more good things. Brendan Donovan, who continues to just produce at that shortstop position, Really, whenever he's in the lineup. He doubled in the second. Tommy Edmond hit one out in the fifth. Paul Goldsmith had a double, question mark, to center field. <laughs> Slater uh, in center field could not find the baseball. And it just dropped right to his right. The only reason that was a double and not an air, just for those of you who do not know, is because that ball was not touched. If the ball was touched, then dropped, then obviously that's an air. But the ball not touched, it's not an air, just a double. Nolan Arenado hits a little bit more of a legit double to score Paul Goldsmith to complete the scoring. But this was a big rebound, I think, for the bullpen. Yes, different people were involved. McFarland and Whitgren are kind of proving to be your your C to your bullpen guys. I get that. However, this was a big bounce back for the for the pitching staff as a whole. Because success is contagious. I'm a big, big, big believer in that. Success is absolutely contagious. And I think that this was a big for the bullpen to say, hey, yeah, you had your A-tier guys out there. with Maybe without the Balanta, he might be more of a B-tier. But still, you had your A-tier guys out there. But the point still stands. This bullpen was successful on Saturday to back up Dakota Hudson, to keep the Giants scoreless after they exploded for eight runs a day before, especially in a five-run eighth inning. A big step forward. Offensively speaking, Arenado continues to get it done. He had two hits this game. Yadier Molina, I'll talk about him a little bit more. But he had two hits on Saturday before a really, really good game on the Sunday night baseball game in the world. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about this. Let's just go down the line offensively for the St. Louis Cardinals, okay? Tommy Edmond was one for five. He had a walk, so he scored twice. Paul Goldschmidt, three out of four, three runs driven in. Nolan Arenado, one out of three with two RBIs. Juan Yepes, two out of four, two runs scored. Albert Pujols, two out of three, two runs scored. He walked twice. Yadier Molina, two out of three, four runs driven in, scored once. Dylan Carlson, two out of five. Harrison Bader, one out of five. Edmundo Sosa at shortstop, two out of five. So you heard me correctly. Everybody in the starting lineup for the St. Louis Cardinals yesterday got a hit. The only players who didn't, Corey Dickerson, who came in the game late. He had two at-bats. He was 0 for 2. Brendan Donovan came in the game late. He was 0 for 1, but he did score a run because he walked. That's it. That's the only zeros, those the only two zeros in the hit columns for the St. Louis Cardinals. Even Andrew Kisner was 1 for 3. Or 1 for 1, excuse me, with three runs driven in. That is the definition of an offensive onslaught. The only, the only two innings they didn't score in were the 2nd and the 8th. I talked about on Friday the ability for the St. Louis Cardinals or the need for the Cardinals to to get runs early against Rodon. How runs could be at a premium on Sunday night baseball. And they were for the Giants. First inning, Cardinals score four. No in the second. That's his problem. It's not really. That's sarcasm. Four in the fourth. Two in the fifth. Two in the sixth. Two in the seventh. A 17-hit barrage for the Cardinals. Pujols had a double. 
Goldspit had two doubles and a home run. Arenado had a home run. Molina had a home run. Bader had a stolen base. Seven for 13 with one of his scoring position. That is the definition of having some fun on a Sunday night. And on the pitching side of things, we got to see the return of Adam Wainwright after a long hiatus due to the COVID-19 protocols. Gets his fourth win of the year. He goes six innings, three hits, two earned, two walks, five punchouts. He does give up a home run on that Sunday um, to Jock Peterson in that sixth inning. Those were the only two runs he gave up. It was with two outs. But, you know, it might not have been necessarily vintage Wainwright. You know, I, I talked about how I was looking for good things from Wainwright. We, the Cardinals got good things at the end of the day. If your starter goes six innings, give you two run runs, that's solid. He threw 96 pitches, 66 for strikes. And behind him, Tina McFarlane bounced back, scoreless appearance. Drew Verhagen in his first appearance back since being optioned down uh, due to injury. He gets a scoreless inning with a walk. And then Albert Pujols got out of the game. First career pitching performance. When Albert Pujols pitches in a Major League Baseball game, that game is either going really, really right for you or really, really wrong. Luckily, for the St. Louis Cardinals' perspective, it was going really, really right. You know, he gave up a couple of home runs. He did not register a strikeout. He did walk a batter. I think that the experiment of Albert Pujols pitching should be over. <laughs> Notice the sarcasm in my voice there. But it was fun to see Albert on the mound. It really was. But this was just one of those days where the offense was just on. This was the feast of all feasts for the St. Louis Cardinals. And it's a huge positive for numerous amounts of reasons. But I'm going to highlight just two. First of all, you got to look at who the Cardinals were playing and who was on the mound. Carlos Rodon. He was having a, a really, really good year. And he still could be having a really, really good year after this. His ERA ballooned to 3.49. But in his two starts prior to this, he went six innings each time. Gave up two runs each time. Struck out 12 against the Rockies and three against the Dodgers. Then a couple of quality starts. His ERA ballooned now up to 3.49, as I said. But Carlos Rodon is a top-tier arm, especially from the left side. When you tag him for eight earned runs and he's not able to escape the fourth inning, that's the definition of a good day. So that's a good thing. The Cardinals were able to do this against an ace. Right? And we knew that the Cardinals were good against left-handed pitching. That's been well documented. Rodon being a lefty, still an ace-level pitcher, so you still had to produce against him. The Cardinals did just that. Why else is this good? The Cardinals did this on national television. On ESPN. The only game being played last night were the St. Louis Cardinals against the San Francisco Giants. And it might seem minimal. It might seem, well, why, why does that matter who's watching? It matters who's watching. Cardinals have probably... One of the most storied franchises in baseball history. That's something they rely on a lot. But they're still regarded outside of, I think, the Cardinal fandom, the Cardinal following, as a pretty, quote-unquote, boring team. Which I don't get that mindset at all when you have guys like Goldschmidt, Arenado, Edmund on your team. The outfield of O'Neill, Bader, Carlson. But that's a rant for another day. But they were able to produce on national television with the world watching, or at least with the capability of the world watching. And they stepped up to the challenge tenfold and impressed. That is a that is as successful as a three-game series can get from the St. Louis Cardinals standpoint. 
Huge, huge win for the Cardinals. Not only on Sunday Night Baseball, but a huge series win as they go forward into a very big series with the New York Mets. So before I talk about that series with the New York Mets, because I do want to talk about it and what we could see fireworks-wise from that as maybe we could see some fallout from the last time these played, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. And I want to just talk about one specific new product. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it is like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my Built for my birthday cake puffs. I have never had anything like this before. They're available right now, and we can't promise they'll be there tomorrow. So get them today at Built.com. If you haven't tried the puffs, I'll tell, let you in on a little secret, because that's what friends do. I think you, I think everybody listening and I are friends, right? It's a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. You heard me. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered, 100% milk chocolate. So make every day your birthday with Built's birthday cake puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and rubbed it in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. With 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar, this limited time flavor is an amazing option if you were looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. All Built puffs are covered in 100% milk chocolate. That means... You can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. They're made with protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to Built.com and get birthday cake puffs now. You can look at all the Built Bar options at Built.com. And whatever you buy, be sure to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. Again, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen, for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day. For your next listen, be sure to check out Locked On Now podcast recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other. Network free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Cardinals have a big series coming up this weekend against the New York Mets, and they start it tonight at 6-10 Central. Miles Michaelis gets the ball for the St. Louis Cardinals. This is a, this is a prime prime opportunity for the Cardinals. Not even an opportunity, because we all, we all talk about that, but this is a prime... This is the way the Cardinals could start this series. This is the way you would want to. You've got the person who has pitched most like an ace on the staff this season in Miles Michaelis going for you right after an exciting, exhilarating s- series against the Giants. You've got all the momentum in the world with your ace on the staff. That That's, that's the, the simplest way to put it. Momentum on your side, Ace rolling for the St. Louis Cardinals. And for the New York Mets, Trevor Williams gets the ball. He's had a rough go of it in five games this year. 11 innings, 5.73 ERA. Three and two-thirds in his last appearance against the Washington Nationals on the 11th of May. Two hits, no earned runs, a walk, and two punch outs. So he's not going to, likely not going to go super in-depth, not going to go super long. This is the former Pirate. Had a, you know one decent year in 2018 with the Pirates. Other than that, Nothing too exceptional. But why does he scare me? Why why is it not not concerning? But why is it not prime opportunity for the offense? Because it's not a left-handed pitcher. Cardinals seem to struggle with right-handed pitching. They face another right-hander on Tuesday in Taiwan Walker. And the Cardinals will send lefty Steven Match to the mound. I'm, I'm intrigued for this one. Match did not impress in his first appearance against the New York Mets earlier this season 
in St. Louis. He just did not. Taiwan Walker, just four games this year, 18 innings pitched. He's got a three ERA, five walks, eight punch outs. So he, Taiwan Walker, I think, is an underrated talent. I'm not saying he's, you know, a top talent, but I do think he's underrated. I look for Steven Matz to impress for a couple reasons. Number one, he can learn from his last time out against the Mets. Number two, he's pitching in City Field, back in his hometown against a team he grew up for in the place where he cheered for them. You know, I know Shea Stadium isn't there anymore. But Steven Matz, I think, can learn from his last start and impress. Jordan Hicks will get the ball against Max Scherzer. Talk about a couple of electric stuff. A couple of guys with electric stuff going on the same night. Obviously, Max Scherzer is a little bit different situation than Jordan Hicks. Max Scherzer, a little bit more of a pedigree than Jordan Hicks. Max Scherzer is, at the end of the day, a Hall of Famer. A first ballot Hall of Famer, I might add. So that'll be interesting to watch. That might be the one game that I look for the Cardinals to lose. Or at least the... That I could not guarantee, but most likely. The last two games are the most uh, difficult, in my opinion, for the Cardinals. Chris Bassett goes for the New York Mets, who was just really solid against the St. Louis Cardinals in his last time out. And then Dakota Hudson gets the ball for the St. Louis Cardinals. If I had to predict, if I had to, and baseball is so hard to predict, especially four-game series, I do think that the Cardinals split this week, or, yeah, this week against the Mets. And if I had to, once again, go game by game, I think that the Cardinals win the first two and lose the last two. Just based on the pitching, pitching the Cardinals have and the Mets have lined up, that's the way I think it's going to roll. But it'll be interesting to see, I feel like I say that a lot, what fireworks arrive uh, arise this week between the Mets and the Cardinals because the last time these two teams faced each other, bench is cleared, there was some shoving, there were some words exchanged, there was a player tackled. I'm not going to make, I, I, I don't want to advocate fighting. I don't want to advocate throwing at people. But if I were a betting man, I would be willing to bet that we are going to see some more fireworks this week. We are going to see hit by pitches. We're gonna, I'm not going to predict a, a bases-clearing brawl, but it would not shock me if we did. So, whatever you're doing this week, maybe you just graduated like me and you, you're starting your real, quote-unquote, real job here this week. Your, your evenings are a little bit more free. Don't know what to watch. I would watch the Cardinals-Mets this weekend. I think we're going to see some fireworks. We're going to see some entertainment. I'm not advocating for it, but I'm not, not going to be surprised when it happens this week. So thank you for, for listening today. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen. Be sure to make your next listen Locked on MLB with our pal Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully as he brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present, free and available, wherever you get your podcast, just like this one. So hopefully that the YouTube, that the uh, connection, I can get it figured out for tomorrow. Um, to have the whole show be, be me be talking to you guys if you're watching on YouTube. But regardless, it'll be out on YouTube tomorrow. We're going to recap the game that happens tonight. We're also going to talk about why I think Yadier Molina is finding more success as of late. So be sure to tune back in tomorrow to the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Until I talk to you then, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day. <laughs>